Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keenan, Michael McKee, and the opening bell is brought to you by the University of North Carolina's Keenan Flagler Business School. Master your business sheet with their world-class Master of Accounting, Executive Development, and MBA programs. Visit unc.edu slash business. And stocks, their little change to lower at the open. The S&P 500 down less than a tenth of a percent or one point to 2071. Dow Jones Industrial Average down a tenth of a percent or 18 points to 17,774. The NASDAQ is little change down two points to 49.11. Ten-year Treasury is little change. Yield 1.76 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.74 percent. Nomex crude oil down four-tenths percent or 12 cents to 36.66 a barrel. Comex gold is down a tenth of a percent or a dollar ten. To 1222.40 an ounce. The euro, $1.1407. The yen, 111.35. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thank you so much. He is the physicist and engineer from Cambridge. He has an esteemed career at the challenges of British Petroleum uh, BP. Lord Brown joins us. Now, John, I, I look at your book, Connect, and all I can say is you have the strangest group of quotes on the back of your book. I find it of immense value that John Van Rienen of the London School of Economics loves what you've done here about bringing trust back between fancy corporate people like you and a global public that is removed from capitalism and removed from the titans of capitalism. Where are we in the trust meter right now? Is Are we getting more trust? No, no, we're not really. We're getting uh, less trust uh, with the general public, if you will, and more trust with the elites, which is hardly surprising. So people believe people like themselves and people don't believe people not like themselves. And there is a growing gap as a result of that. Well, you uh, were a CEO for a long time. Was there a time when you were popular, for want of a better way to put it, when you were popular? I mean, haven't people mistrusted big business Forever? No, they haven't. It goes in cycles. Uh, certainly when I started business, I mean, there was quite a lot of trust in business. That was a very long time ago. People almost spoke in definitions and people believed it. So authority is now tested very hard. And I think the ability to test it through many angles, through different media, uh, has reduced uh, people's reliance on authority. And actually, by making mistakes... People have breached the trust that authority is given. But it goes in cycles, uh, and that's the point of the book, is that we can't be complacent with the cycles because the cycles get deeper and worse over time as more and more people can uh, contribute to the debate. So people have to, but business has to do much more in joining up uh, with society as a whole. What triggered this cycle? Oh, lots of things. Uh, I think a combination of executive pay in, the, in Europe, uh, the global financial crisis, uh, a variety of uh, events that occur, the latest being Volkswagen uh, and their issues with pollution control. So a variety of events uh, produces it, uh, and the response to events not being fast enough 
uh, reinforces well, uh, this, I think. And if we can talk about the physics of the slew rate, this goes to global information transfer, which you, you've got Tim Berner-Lee's in here to a great extent with the Internet. But you as a physicist know, and you, folks, this is the oscilloscope that we all remember. Do they even use oscilloscopes anymore? I, remember your first oscilloscope <laughs> at Cambridge? I you had your little pad well. of paper. You, you know what's great about this? Mike Bloomberg, folks, this is a true story. On Friday... Mike Bloomberg showed me his old slide rule from engineering at Johns Hopkins. And again, Mike Bloomberg is the uh, uh, principal of Bloomberg LP, uh, owner of this uh, network. But, but uh, 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 Lord Brown, I would suggest the days of Mike Bloomberg's slide rule or yours and my oscilloscope, those are gone. The slew rates are too fast. Uh, of course. Uh, of course they are. But that doesn't mean to say that uh, industry, business generally, should sit where it used to be and not update itself with the demise of the slide rule, the demise of the oscilloscope. And that's exactly, again, what my book indicates. Uh, uh, You have to get uh, much closer, much, much closer to all the constituents that you affect as a business. Strategy based on just production and marketing doesn't work. Strategy Mm. based on regulators, society generally, communities, that works, and that actually produces far more money as I think all the studies clearly show. Can you be involved enough in communities, quote-unquote, when you are a global company? Absolutely. You have to, uh, I mean, it's a well-known phrase, but it has a lot of meaning, which is you have to localize yourself. People, I always remember when I was running BP, I reminded myself that people don't travel from uh, Wales in the UK to Cleveland, Ohio, to buy gasoline. They go to the Red Sox game today. They, they, well, they do all sorts of things, but what they don't do is they, go, they don't go global. We may think of ourselves as global sourcing, global supply chain, global uh, branding, but actually most of this is to do with localization and having people that people trust uh, in charge of the business locally. But how do you translate that? I mean, for most people, you're probably right. The BP is the, the petrol station on the corner. Uh, but the headlines they read are global. The CEO pay is global. Uh, how much contact do I have with the local guy who works for BP as opposed to what I'm reading in the papers and seeing uh, in the news? Well, you certainly can't disenfranchise the local woman or man who's, who's looking after the company locally. But CEOs have to spend very much more time uh, doing, first, I think, reinforcing that purpose globally. Secondly, making sure that they understand how they're engaging with different parts of the society that affect them. And thirdly, to engage very radically, make sure they get on the same agenda uh, as people in the real world, not, I think, to condescend or patronize them with the messages that they want to give them. Uh, uh, John Lord Brown with us from British Petroleum. Of course, his new book is Connect, How Companies Succeed by Engaging Radically with Society. I adore page 177, the Palmasano shift. You go right through the creation of shareholder value. His mantra, you turn the page and Eric Schmidt says nothing's changed. Why does Eric Schmidt say that? Well, it depends on the maturity of your business. I think if you're uh, in a big growth business, Uh, where every day you can grow, I think you can begin to say to yourself, maybe I can just grow within the limits of the law, and that's all I need to worry about. But actually, you may hit a barrier. Google's hit a few barriers around the world, not least 
uh, with their treatment well, of corporate taxes. We're going to come back on this, but critically, Lord Brown, then if you look at the partial differentials of revenue as unit dynamics and price dynamics, is global disinflation and deflation causing some of these entrepreneurial challenges because they don't have price growth? Some of it, it's also causing anger, I think, with people who don't get to experience growth like they used to yeah. in wages in, in opportunity and in promotion. Mike, Mike, that goes back to uh, Jeff Immel saying all we need is 3.2% GDP. Yeah. It ain't there. Well, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, again, uh, as we saw earlier, um, the, uh, the guest g- leaves me with a question to ask when we come back. And we'll come back uh, with Lord Brown in just a few moments. And his co-author, Tommy Stadlin. The book is Connect, How Companies Succeed by Engaging Radically with Society. I guess... Engaging at all would be somewhat radical for many of these companies. Well, it is. I, I should point out, Peter Grauer, our chairman of Bloomberg LP, says Connect provides a clear understanding of the value of connected leadership. That's something Mr. Grauer is doing uh, each and every day. So we'll come back on the new corporate. Sir Martin Sorrell. Sir Martin says intelligent, practical, of immediate uh, value. What I loved about it was the history and the scope and scale of where we've been and then to where we're heading. We're negative 33 on the Dow. First, we're going to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. All eyes will be on Wisconsin tomorrow for its primaries. Donald Trump has called on rival John Kasich to drop out of the race for the Republican presidential nomination, saying Kasich has no chance to win it. Ted Cruz campaigned in Green Bay yesterday and took a jab at his Democratic rivals. The Democratic field consists of a wild-eyed socialist with ideas that are dangerous for America and the world and Bernie Sanders. Democrats are debating about a debate. Hillary Clinton says she has accepted a debate hosted by ABC's Good Morning America on April 15th. Bernie Sanders says he has agreed to an NBC primetime debate on April 10th. Three boats carrying a total of more than 200 migrants and refugees who had fled to Greece have reached a Turkish port town. The migrants were returned to Turkey as part of a European Union deal to stem migration to Europe. Brussels Airport plans to resume flights with New York City, the African continent, and at least six major European cities. Yesterday, only three flights departed from the airport that was struck by a terrorist attack two weeks ago. And the Yankees have postponed their home opener today because of gloomy, rainy skies in New York. He's trying to pretend he cares about the Yankees. Go Tigers. Except the Red Sox fan. Where are the Tigers playing today? Do we know? Uh, No, they're not playing today. They'll play tomorrow. They'll play tomorrow. Okay. So no weather concerns for Detroit. Yeah, we're, we're happy. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. This is Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Untuck It. Think your shirt is too long to wear untucked? It probably is. Untuck It has solved this, making shirts designed to be worn untucked. Visit untuckit.com and use the code WBBR for 15% off to improve your wardrobe. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. U.S. stocks are little changed to lower this morning. They are near their highest levels of the year as investors look for fresh reasons to extend a rally. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. 
The S&P 500 is down about a tenth of a percent, down almost two points to 2070. Dow Jones Industrial Average down a tenth of a percent or 22 points to 17,771. The Nasdaq is down less than a tenth of a percent, down three points to 49.11. Ten-year Treasury down one thirty-second. The yield 1.77 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.74 percent. NYMEX crude oil up four tenths percent or 17 cents to 36.95 a barrel. COMEX gold down three tenths percent or three dollars forty cents at 12.20.10 an ounce. The euro a dollar 14.01. The yen 111.38. Alaska Air Group agreed to buy Virgin America for 2.6 billion dollars and Virgin America shares they're up 40 percent this morning. Bats Global Markets initial public offering may value the second largest U.S. stock exchange operator at as much as 2.1 billion dollars. That's more than double. The expected valuation in its first attempt four years ago. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. The book is Connect How Companies Succeed by Engaging Radically with Society. John Lord Brown with us right now. Lord Brown, if he was still at BP, British Petroleum, um, I have to say that I can't, I still not used to BP. It's British Petroleum. I'm sorry. It would be his 47th year if he was still there. He got some young guys to put Connect together as well. He was New College cricket, rugby, and football first team at Oxford. Tommy Stadlin joins us out of the LSC. John Reen, Van Reenen at LSC raving up. What was it? How intimidating was it to work with Lord Brown in this? I mean, did you have to put on robes to write the damn book? Very scary at first, I have yeah. to say. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to write the book with someone who has been through these issues, both on the business side but also on the government side as well. Yeah. Uh, so really fantastic to write the book with John. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the book. I was going to go with uh, Kit Juke's note this morning where he's complaining about the state of England's cricket. Um, but no. We, we, <laughs> sort of like Canada not being in the Stanley Cup in hockey. Exactly. It's too yeah. soon. It's too soon. That's not fair. Too soon. <laughs> oh, we could ask uh, Lord Brown about Leicester uh, City and, you know, uh, that whole thing, too, if we wanted to go in a sporting route. <laughs> uh, we should refer to Tommy. He's much more expert at <laughs> this. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll hit your area of expertise, uh, which is not sport, but uh, but being a, a, a corporate leader. Uh, Tom, in, in your exchange with Tom just before the break, you mentioned uh, that the, the lack of inflation around the world is a, a problem for uh, corporate profits. But I'm wondering what else is going on, that we have seen profits drop so significantly at a time when, at least in the United States, growth hasn't changed all that much. Uh, European growth dropped but now is rising again. Even without inflation, there seems to be um, some positive momentum, and yet it's not being reflected on balance sheets. It's not. I think a lot of the, obviously, QE, as, as everyone I think has now observed, has gone into uh, M&A, mergers and acquisitions, not actually into deep capital expenditure. And as a result, uh, long-term sustainable growth is, is wanting. And I think that reflects in people's mindset, you know, what do employees want, what's going to go on to the future. If I look at my own, own, own industry, uh, there's been about, uh, I mean, there's so much uh, capital cut out of the business now uh, with the decline of oil prices that probably uh, oil production will be down 3 million barrels a day at some time in the future, and that's the question when, uh, based on this reduction in CapEx. Well, I, I can understand it in the oil business because prices have dropped so significantly, but 
why the loss of confidence uh, just you know in c-suites around the world uh, you know w- what's making people so depressed well i think people uh, people's first attention obviously is to say well let's see if we can grow on wall street so m and a uh, and secondly, uh, what can we do to uh, improve the bottom line through cost-cutting? There's been a huge amount of cost-cutting, uh, and it's been uh, very favorably received by investors who are not, uh, at the moment, I think, uh, receiving mm-hmm. really interesting long-term mm-hmm. Uh, investments with the enthusiasm that they used to. There's a generational shift here. Tommy Stadlin, uh, everybody in this room is a fossil except you. Uh, you worked at McKinsey on this. We, we've had any number of guests who are corporate leaders saying the ute is changed and forever different. You guys have grown up with a technology that is made for a never-ending week. We've gone from 40 hours, maybe it was a six-day-a-week, 48 hours, to 60 and 70 hours wired in. How can corporate leaders adapt to the demands and exhaustion of a new professional class youth? Well, I think you raise youth, and I think it's very important. I think that this is an era of radical transparency because of mobile connectivity. And I think that there is no hiding place for business now. So we talked about trust earlier on. Uh, 18% of people trust business leaders to tell the truth. Well, it's a tiny used number. Much, 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 much higher than that. So we, we've seen a trend now of young people not trusting business leaders. When we go around and talk to business schools and we ask how many people in this room trust business leaders to tell the truth, about one or two people put their hands up, and that's a business school. So this, this is a, a critical issue for business. We found in the book that 30% of the value of, of a company is at stake here. That's a huge amount of value at stake for companies. We also found that CEOs are spending 30% of their time on this issue. But the other 30% is that less than 30% of CEOs reported success in engaging with society. So you've got this huge pot of money available, but people are not competing well over it. They're not connecting. The distinction here between society, the public, and society, if you're running 20,000 or 200,000 employees, X amount are under a certain age. Which society is the book Connect about? The book is about all of those, all of those uh, groups. And what we found interesting is that these cycles come and go. So, yes, now young people are very uh, wary of business. But this goes all the way back to ancient China. We start the book in ancient China and look how China fell behind the West in many ways because of the distrust of business. You had business blowing off mountaintops and paying themselves too much. And because of that, China reacted against business. And that cost China. One of the uh, most fascinating uh, facts in the book uh, I found, uh, page 134, where you note that um, the life expectancy of a leading U.S. company has plummeted in the last century from 67 years in the 1920s to 15 years today. So uh, executives don't have a lot of margin for mistake here. Uh, They don't, uh, although they can prolong their lives, I think, if they put out the right strategies and they, more importantly, perform against them, as is, I think, the current vogue now to talk to corporations about publishing strategies and performing against them. But companies uh, who don't have uh, a clear purpose in life and don't execute well obviously vanish, and they vanish faster than they used to because people can see the lack of performance more quickly than they used to. What is, what do you do to connect? What are, you know, what, are, what are the lessons in the book? So we recommend four things, uh, and uh, two of them seem so simple, but yet they're not often executed well. The first is for leaders to just look around and understand what's changing 
and it changes very fast every day in the world that affects them. Secondly, to be very clear about their purpose. Uh, I think uh, there is no room for, for not doing that. Thirdly, to really uh, engage uh, with uh, people on the basis that they wish to be engaged with. This is called radical engagement, is to give mm. yourself a chance of being trusted because other people will validate what you're doing and you will speak to the people you affect. And the fourth is to do it and to measure what you're doing. Do it well mm. and professionalize all these areas. Can I rip up the script? Is Absolutely. that okay? I'm going to do that right now. It is National Museum Week in the United Kingdom. We can't fathom that in America. John Micklethwaite, I spoke to the other day about the British Museum. You are the force at the Tate. Your, your tenureship at chairman, you've expired like four times, and they keep having you back. Tell us what will be new at a Tate, which I believe is four platforms. You reinvented what a modern museum is across the river there. What's the name of the river in England? The Thames. The Thames, yes. See, you, you know, you reinvented modern museums. At uh, well, what are you going to do next as you don't expire? So on June 17th, uh, we're going to open the so-called extension to Tate Modern. This is the modern and contemporary gallery south of the River Thames in the old power mm -hmm. station. We're basically doubling the size of it, uh, and we're making a global contemporary art museum, the first in the world. It will be phenomenal. You'll be able to see things that nobody has really thought of as contemporary art from different societies, different cultures. So that's happening then, and that's cost. Uh, we've invested £270 million into that uh, experience. So it's a big deal. There's a great building by Herzog and de Murren, mm -hmm. uh, and we hope it will be very competitive globally. But I'm uh, chairman of the Tate until uh, 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 the end of August next year. After that, let's see what I can do. You but, won't uh, expire after that. You'll do it. No, I really turn. have to expire. It's 10 years and 10 years you're, and you're out. It's, uh, okay. Uh, but it's been a great experience. You know, we're the most visited uh, contemporary and modern art museum in the world. Uh, we have four platforms. Yeah. And we have people love it because they like coming because they think it's cool. They and do. That's the yeah. important yeah. thing. Love the tape. Very good. Uh, Lord Brown, thank you so much. Uh, Tommy Sadlin, thank you so much as well. The book is Connect. Ariana Huffington says a bold, timely blueprint for the future. Forget about what Ariana says. Here's what you need to know. The world is changing for business and for enterprise. Again, the book, Connect. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs> 